We are five days away from an election. We got a lot of news here today. We're hustling our little feet faster than a Hunter Biden tape, allegedly. Welcome to Ruthless. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died. Judge Amy Coney Barrett. If Joe Biden wins, Democrats can sack the courts. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Maybe that's a question you should ask China. Anyway, my time's up. I'm not thinking, Mr. That's President. okay. I know you're not thinking. You never do. It's a whole hoax. And you know who's playing into the hoax? People like you and the fake news media. We are born free and we will stay free. Yep, we are days from the election, folks. Welcome to Ruthless. Uh, the media blackout of all things Joe and Hunter Biden continues. You know, the big man continues to stay in his basement and try to let the clock run out, thinking he has this. It's just incredible. I mean, I, I, I've never seen a situation where media has willingly not even explored any sort of stories that could be detrimental to one candidate in an election. Like, you knew that there were there was bias involved, but this is, this is insane. Yeah. It's beyond bias. It's, uh, it's active cover up at this point. It's unbelievable. It's like, we, it doesn't exist. They see nothing, you know, they say nothing, say nothing, do nothing. That's our media. I mean, you, you, you watched the Tucker Carlson interview with Bob Alinsky, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he Un- seemed pretty credible to me. Yeah. Um, because he has evidence, which is completely different than, you know, the whole Russia, Russia, Russia conspiracy that we spent years uh, being subjected to by the media with no shred of evidence. No it's shred. It, and it, the dossier was discredited last night. Like they found out it was some angry PR person. Like that's, that's where we are now. Total I mean, fake news. It, it, here's the thing. I'm pretty jaded. I've been around a while. I've watched political attacks in the last month of an election for a lot of years. And I know that they can be substanceless and oftentimes completely misleading. So I like look, whether or not this Bobulinski guy is hundred percent on the up and up or not, I don't know. But what I do know is anybody who's willing to sit down with Tucker Carlson for an hour and produce the receipts on what his experience was is at least worth a journo phone call. Don't you think? Very. Yeah. Ask a question. Do your job folks. Um, it's unbelievable. The media is just, they're part of the cover-up. There's no difference between them and the Democratic Party anymore. And the way it works is they're just bullying folks to get their way. They're just actively bullying. Like, uh, not even the Girl Scouts are safe. Did you see that? Oh, God. So let's start with the perfect commentary on our garbage culture that we're currently <laughs> living in, which is just enough to make you want to absolutely burn your house down. But um, so, so the Girl Scouts tweet out, as Girl Scouts do, right? They're, they cheer, cheer on women and girls, and they try to be a helpful, productive organization in society. So they tweet out, congratulations to Amy Coney Barrett on becoming the fifth woman appointed to the Supreme Court. That's pretty nice, yeah, right? Very innocuous, explanatory nice tweet. But no, you can't do anything nice in today's world. Certainly not on Twitter. Yeah. And it immediately gets reaction. Outrage machine kicks into overdrive. And it's not just the normal Looney Tunes this time, folks. We have members of Congress going full Looney Tune. Uh, Ayanna Presley tweets, what kind of patch does one earn for uplifting a woman who is the antithesis of justice 
antithesis of ju- not the antithesis of justice. It's actually Justice Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> it's just you know, sorry. No, uh, I'm sorry, Representative. It's just justice. Yeah, yeah. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> Incredible. But I, I mean, we we live in a world right now where libs don't allow you to congratulate a woman for earning the highest honor that anyone in the judiciary could attain. Yeah. And that's where we're at. Yep. Not happening anymore. Um, let's give them, let's give them some, some more news that they can't handle. So this is a big one. This morning, the GDP report came out and what happened? Gross domestic product, the broadest measure of goods and services produced across the economy search 33.1%. 33.1%. That's folks. incredible. The, the previous post-World War II record was a 16.7% increase in 1950. Doubled. But, yeah. The, the Trump Super V means doubling the all-time record. That's, that's what I call a Super V. Oh, you know, I know everybody loves a Super V. <laughs> Absolutely. There's nobody that doesn't love it. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll get this great uh, statement that uh, Tim Murtaugh put out the comms director for the campaign. The president built the world's best economy once and he's rapidly doing it again, proving that cutting taxes, reducing regulations and red tape clear the way for American ingenuity and our entrepreneurial spirit to thrive. Who'd have thought, you know, you cut taxes, you, you power up this economy and good things happen. So and, this uh, is really, this is really the best argument in this election, right? I, I, I wished that we could get to this much earlier, but it's happening at the right time. And really what, what the strongest argument for President Trump is for his reelection is his handling of the economy. He built the strongest economy of all time by doing some pretty conservative things, things that we all know work, right? Cutting taxes, mm-hmm. reducing regulations, mm-hmm. allowing Americans to innovate, allowing Americans to create jobs, not having a government that lays on top of them like a wet blanket, trying to tell them everything that they can do every step along the way. I mean, just simply by reversing the Obama-Biden economy, it began to grow. And then he added pieces like the tax cuts and he added additional regulatory pieces. They are all incredibly important pieces of the story of how, particularly at this time, coming out of the coronavirus, why it is imperative that we have President Trump leading the economy into 2021. You know, and, and that's, that's the whole thing. That's the statement on the Trump presidency is he has the total Republican hat trick. He cuts taxes, kills terrorists, appoints judges. <laughs> that's what the people want. That's what works. And that's what's been done. You know, promises made, promises kept. That's what we do here. Um, another promise, a promise that we made here uh, on Tuesday's episode is that we would bring you an election update this time on the Senate. So, Josh, give us the details on what's happening there. Yeah, so this is this is where I live and breathe, as you know, Smug. Totally. Uh, Senate races, I've been close to these things for a very long time, and this is a really dynamic map. Usually, you get to this point in the election, you're focused on like four or five, right? Yeah. Everything else has basically been settled, but there's like four or five. We're dealing with like eight or nine at this point, and it could even be more depending upon what it looks like on election day. But But suffice it to say control of the Senate is very much up for grabs at this point. And I mean, uh, one thing is just like the amount of money that the Dems are pouring in, like you've got Silicon Valley billionaires coming in last minute with a hundred million dollar emergency fund that they're throwing in to help Dems in these Senate races, hundred million, like, you know, 
these Silicon Valley overlords, they want to make sure they keep censoring us. So they're just dumping the money in these races. If anybody ever tells you that the Republican Party is the party of big money, slap them across the face. Seriously. Because this is, this is like, we're talking like five to one spending Democrats to Republicans in, this, in, in all of these races. And it's really egregious at the candidate level. Honestly, the super PACs have been doing a pretty good job of, of keeping Senate Republicans in it. But, but needless to say, let me go over a couple of states here, Smug, because I think Let's hear it. um, it's important. I mean, if you're living in one of these states, make sure you're bringing all your friends to, uh, to vote because it could have a profound difference. Absolutely. Um, we, start, we start out west. Um, Arizona and Colorado are two states that Democrats said are basically one and two in their target list, right? You got Martha McSally in Arizona who's running against Mark Kelly, the spaceman. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, she was criticized in 2018 for her campaign. And I got to tell you, her 2020 campaign has been terrific. It's, it, it, she has raised more money than, than people thought was possible for a Republican to raise. Now, of course, Democrats probably doubled it, but, but she's been really on fire. She's kept herself in it. That is a tight margin of error race. You know, my view is if President Trump wins Arizona, that Martha McSally also wins Arizona, but it is really tight. Do you have any thoughts on Arizona, Smug? Yeah, well, I mean, the news here is that uh, Mark Kelly, who's been hiding his like shady business ties to China, um, like there's YouTube videos. He was selling what, like uh, scam vitamins and, and whatever <laughs> in China, you name it, like Mark Kelly's getting his money any way he can. Uh, but the really funny thing is, so McSally's running against a spaceman, but the actual spaceman who walked on the moon, Buzz Aldrin, endorsed McSally, not Kelly. That tells oh, you right great. there. That, that's fantastic. Real spaceman yeah. stand with Martha McSally. He's a total empty suit, and he's gotten such kid glove treatment by totally. the Arizona media. It's just it's unbelievable. But, but needless to say, she's in that thing. If you're in Arizona, get out and vote. Bring all your friends. Uh, Corey Gardner, really good friend of this program. Yeah. We love him to death. Uh, he's got a very difficult race in Colorado, in large part because the, the state has just turned blue. And it's, it's not really a referendum on his leadership. I think people still really like Corey Gardner. The problem is Colorado is just kind of fading away from Republicans right now. But he's still giving it a tough fight, man. That guy, he's the happy warrior, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, and let me tell you, warrior is the word I would stress. The guy stood tall. He gave us the vote on ACB. He's been getting it done. Like if you look at his track record, it's an election year, but he's, he's more focused on delivering for Colorado, delivering for the whole country. So he established that like suicide prevention hotline that totally. people can call. The guy is quite literally saving lives, getting the job done. I mean, we need him. We need him in the Senate big time. Absolutely. Um, and then just a little further north in Montana, Steve Daines, who is a, just a terrific senator, great guy, has been working his tail off. He's just a quintessential Montana uh, character running against, you know, what was a pretty popular governor and Steve Bullock before he started running for president and standing on stage with those bozos yeah. uh, in the Democratic primary lineup. I mean, that, that, those debates, if you remember them, were just like a, a complete clown show. Which, you know, then he exited stage right and got into the Senate race because Chuck Schumer, like he tells all red state governors, <laughs> bamboozles them into running for, for Senate. And he's promptly uh, taken one right on the chin. I think, I think Danes looks pretty good in that race. One of the things that I think it's very timely and very important to mention about Steve Bullock is he will pack the courts. Direct quote from Steve Bullock. 
that anything from a judicial standards commission, you know, that little clown thing that Biden promises he'd, he'd start up if he became president, or we'll look at any other thing that might be suggested, including adding justices. Bullock will pack the courts. We, we cannot have him in the Senate. Yeah, he actually said it. So, I mean, Straight you can up. assume that for every one of these Senate Democratic candidates, there's, mm-hmm. there's not a one of them that's going to vote to preserve the filibuster, not a one of them that's going to vote not to pack the court. They're going to do everything Chuck Schumer wants them to do. But Steve Bullock actually said it. And the thing is, they're going to do anything AOC wants them to do because, you know, Dems take power. It's, it's AOC who's calling the shots around there. 100%. So, so moving a little bit towards the Midwest with Kansas, which – you know, honestly, is a race that I wish wasn't on the board because it's a pretty red state. Uh, the president won it handily in 2016. We had a really late primary there, unfortunately. And we got Doc Marshall coming out of it, who's the best candidate of the, of the crew representing the Republican Party. You know, it's, it's just he was about $10, $15 million behind entering September. And he's just been overwhelmed with a bunch of Democratic advertising I think that that's coming back to us. I think he's now a couple of points ahead. I, I assume the president is going to perform there. I like his chances. I think we're going to win. But again, don't take states like Kansas for granted. Yeah, every this is this sure is the year. Win. Every vote counts. It really does. The amount of money Dems are putting in there, you know, God knows what kind of sketchy things they're up to, but every single vote matters this year. Totally. So I, I wouldn't mention it because I don't think it's a, a targeted race. I, I really like our chances here, but John Cornyn would probably kill me if I didn't mention Texas. <laughs> uh, he has taken nothing for granted. I think he's talked to just about every living, breathing Texan in the last uh, few weeks to make sure that he's got his vote locked down because Democrats have just been pouring cash in against, you know, it's the white whale for Democrats, right? Texas yeah. is the, the white whale that they've been chasing basically my entire professional career. Mm-hmm. They continue to chase it. Um, I think it's a bridge too far for them, but they're getting closer. And I'd mentioned that, uh, that like Silicon Valley overlord 100 million fund that they'd set up that they're pouring in to help Democrats. $28 million is what they're pouring into Texas in the final weeks on ads. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So in Texas, you know, go to John Cornyn's website, give him a couple of bucks. He's got to compete with that mess uh, and make sure you vote. Iowa, um, look, Joni Ernst is one of the strongest candidates we have. She's just absolutely rock solid, represents the state well, has, uh, has a great partnership with Chuck Grassley there. Um, and she, she's in a tight race. Again, that's another state where Democrats have endless money. They've just been pouring pouring money on top of her, Teresa Greenfield, who is like, you know, the other thing you can mention about all these Democratic candidates, they're all just totally mediocre white Really are, really are. I mean, they're, they're, they're not, there's zero things impressive with Teresa Greenfield. I mean, zero. And again, a, a shout out to Joni, stood tall, voted for ACB. Let's go. Absolutely. She's just tough as nails and, and she's doing a great job. She's got a lead in that race. I expect her to win. Do not take it for granted. Yeah, everybody um, in Iowa, get out there. Pull, pull totally. that lever for Joni. You know, the, the interesting one here, there's a, only a couple of seats of offense for Republicans because, you know, they had such a good day in 2014. So all of these Republicans are up in 2020. Um, and so there's only very few. Alabama is one, which, you know, I mean, look, we managed not to, uh, to nominate an alleged pedophile. Which <laughs> yeah, there's was no minor issue this time. <laughs> <laughs> no minor issue. Oh. 
So, and, and then we got coach Tuberville who has been just rock solid. Let's go. Um, and, and I think, I think he's got, you know, the last polling I've seen, he's been up double digits. We should be able to take that race basically off the board. And remember so the folks, other two places- like Doug Jones voted against ACB. That guy signed his own death warrant. We need him out. Alabama he's, needs to get red. He's indistinguishable from Chuck Schumer. Yeah. There is literally zero difference between the leadership of the Democratic Party and Doug Jones. So I think he's on his way out. He was renting a seat for a couple of years, unfortunately, thanks to uh, you know, the leadership of Steve Bannon and others. But, um, <laughs> but, but we've, we're headed back in the right direction. The only other two places where we're legitimately playing offense right now are Minnesota and Michigan. Minnesota in large part because the president has really decided he wants to play there hard. And, and their campaign, the president's campaign, has been inundating Minnesota. They believe that they can get there. Minnesota's a little different state than it's been, you know, over the last 20 years. It's got the Iron Range up north, which was an extremely Democratic stronghold, is now red. You know, they're, they're, those blue-collar workers that have migrated to the Trump coalition have come along and changed the state of Minnesota. So we'll see. we got to take a look at that. I'm a little dubious that we can ultimately get there in Minnesota, but, but it's one to watch. The other one where we're playing offense where I am bullish on is Michigan. Yeah. And you need to say basically nothing else other than just listen to John James and you know why. Seriously. John James, folks. I mean, that, he's the real deal. The real deal. The guy's incredible. An Apache helicopter pilot who is just as polished a human being as you'll ever find. This, this guy is like emanates good, thoughtful, conservative leadership. He is not somebody who's going to be blowing in the wind. He's not somebody who's just basically telling you what you want to hear. This guy's got Gary Peters, who nobody knows. Yeah, Jerry, on the is run. it Jerry Peters? Gary? No one knows his name. No one knows his nobody, name. Nobody knows him and nobody cares because he's going to be a former senator in about a week. Let's go. Um, so, you know, the other targeted race here that there's a couple more that Democrats have in their crosshairs, Maine up north with Susan Collins. Now, you know, I think a lot of our listeners probably disagree with Susan Collins on an awful lot of issues. I've been in the Senate and watched her operate for a lot of years. A, she's one of the most thoughtful people I've ever been around. She doesn't do things because she thinks that they benefit her politically. She does them because she thinks they're right. You can disagree with them, but that's basically what you want in a public servant. Secondly, there is no mountain I will not climb for Susan Collins after she cast that vote for Justice Kavanaugh. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that was big time. That was big time. I mean, that was, that was a career-changing vote for her. She became a top target. We owe her a debt of gratitude, and she's fighting for her political life as a result. Send money then, man. Do everything. You go to winred.com, find, find Maine, send her a couple of bucks. If you're in Maine, vote and tell everybody that stupid rank-choice voting thing. I mean, God, I hate that, but they've got, they've got a weird system up there where you can vote for your second choice, too. It's basically the Democrats, what they tried to do after Governor LePage won re-election was take away a Republican's ability to win the state of Maine by putting this stupid system in. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, the, the, the going down south a little bit, North Carolina, this is where Kissing Cal shows up, Smug. <laughs> this, guy, this guy is really something else, man. 
this guy's got a problem. Uh, well, he's got several problems. Several problems. It, it's not just one. It, it, you know, first you saw some text messages. Then, I mean, how is there a number? Is there a ballpark on how many women have come forward? Well, you've heard rumors as to, you know, two or three. Look, I don't know. I, I do know that there have been a couple that have surfaced. Um, it, but here's the most important part, right? I mean, we've all, we're all, again, sort of jaded and, and affairs and politics have been around forever. But here's why it matters. The reason why it matters is that since this affair has surfaced, um, Cal Cunningham's life has basically fallen apart, right? He doesn't go home anymore. <laughs> Yeah. He, lives, he lives in a buddy's house. This guy doesn't do campaign events. He does Zoom calls and puts up TV commercials. If this guy can't be a candidate for United States Senate because of his choices, how in the hell is he going to be a senator? And isn't he, he, could poss- he could face like a court martial, right? Because like he had an affair with like a guy's wife while the dude was overseas serving, right? Is that, is that what happened? Like, absolutely. And an important point. Like he may have to defend himself in a military court as a result of this behavior, <laughs> which by the way, let's take a second on that. The guy, the, the woman who he was having this alleged affair with was her husband was in the military with Kiss and Cow and was injured. Wow. Badly injured. And I mean, it's the most sympathetic guy that you'll ever see in your entire life. And now you see old kissing Cal running off with his wife. And and by the way, a hundred days before his own election, United States Senate, the egotism involved in that. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. I saw one of the mistresses. She's like, you realize you're kind of like putting yourself in a lot of trouble doing this. (laughs) She's like, hello, you're stupid. Like wake up dummy. (laughs) You're, You're running for Senate. He's like, how did this happen? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, those were the most pathetic texts. It's really like, I I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like HR emails trying to sext you. It's like, you are historically (laughs) sexy. Like, what? Who says this, dude? (laughs) Not exactly front burner hot stuff. (laughs) But anyway, Tom Tillis needs your help. He is... uh, Right there. He can win this race. And it's important that he does. Really important, not just for the Republican majority, but do you really want a guy like Kissing Cow running around the United States Senate? No, I don't. Not at all. Um, Georgia. Let's talk about Georgia. Actually, before we talk about Georgia, South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, this guy delivered again, again with Amy Mm -hmm. Coney Barrett Mm -hmm. uh, after delivering on uh, Justice Kavanaugh. Man deserves re-election. He's dynamic. He's an important part of this coalition of senators that we've got. Uh, he's in a tight race. I think he looks good, but it's an important seat. And that's yet another example of just like the Democrat money just flooding on in. Like uh, his opponent has raised more than Beto did. That should tell you, folks. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And by the way, this, this is one of those states where they're, they're doing this in several states. In where they're running ads on behalf of a third party candidate. Democrats, Chuck Schumer and the libs who fund him are running ads for a guy who's on the ballot that already dropped out in an effort to try to take votes away from Lindsey Graham. It is the most sinister scam. That is scumbag. That is they're so doing scumbag. it everywhere, man. You know, the funny thing, we didn't even talk about Kentucky. McConnell, they're doing the same thing. They're they're actually spending two 
million dollars on a third party libertarian candidate in Kentucky who didn't, didn't even file an FEC report. I'm not even sure he knows he's on the damn ballot. Wow. And they're spending two, they're spending four times as much money on a libertarian candidate you couldn't find with a flashlight in Kentucky. It, four times more than Tom Tillis is, is able to spend defending himself in North Carolina in the final week. Wow. Like, that's how much money these guys have. McConnell looks good, by the way. He's doing great. Um, Everyone just, you got to vote. I'll say it again and again and again. You got to vote. You got to vote. But oh, So it all comes down to this, Mug, and this is the summation of my Senate update. Georgia. We have two seats in Georgia, double barrel election. It happens rarely, but it happens. They've never in history split. It's never gone one with one party, one with another. They always go one way or another. But we've got an interesting dynamic in that there's multiple candidates in the special election to fill Johnny Isaacson's seat a seat now held by Kelly Loeffler. Mm. That is almost invariably going to go to a runoff election because none of the candidates will hit that 50% threshold. And by Georgia law, if you don't hit 50%, you go to a runoff that is scheduled for January 5, 2020. That one is going to January 5, 2020. So if you got a couple of couple of dimes left in your pocket after 2020, hold on to it for that race. That is going to be a barn burner. Very well could determine majority of the Senate. The second one, David Perdue, running against this clown, John Ossoff, who we had made fun of this guy for years. I can't believe he's as close as he is, but it's a really close race. True story, the Minions trolled John Ossoff into proposing to his girlfriend. That's (laughs) how much of a clown this guy is. That's how much of a clown this guy is. Imagine being internet bullied into a lifetime commitment. (laughs) unbelievable and now the guy's trying to be a senator trying to be a senator don't let him david purdue is your guy there that's our map look guys it's coming down to a seat or two one way or another get out there and vote incredibly important for the president obviously very important for a senate majority just remember i mean if we don't have a senate majority either way if the president is is reelected they'll impeach him if the president is not reelected they're going to put court packing, D.C. statehood, Green elimination New Deal. of the filibuster. There's going to be a full Green New Deal. All that stuff is coming. I'm not just saying it. They're saying it. Yeah, they are, they're telling you. So that's our Senate update, Smug. I hope the Minions get something out of that. That was spectacular. Spectacular update from, the, um, from our resident Senate expert, Josh Holmes. I, um, the, the next segment that we got to get to here is – one that I think we're going to spend just a, a moment really carving into. <laughs> uh, I, I know you have strong feelings about the revelation of anonymous. True. You know, this is very late breaking news. We find that Mike Pence was anonymous. He was given away by the use of the term Lodestar. Oh, wait, did all of the journals get it wrong again? Of course. Yes, they did. Uh, so now it's time to stuff them into lockers. So this was, this was Huffington Post uh, way back, you know, in September of 2018. They said, the New York Times is scathing anti-Donald Trump op-ed, which the paper attributed to a senior official in the Trump administration, has inspired a parlor game among people trying to figure out the author's name. Some online commentators are leaning towards Vice President Mike Pence based on just one word in the piece. The unidentified author singles out the late... Arizona Senator John McCain as a, quote, 
lodestar for restoring honor to public life and our national dialogue. The word, which Merriam-Webster defines as either a star that leads or guides, or a person who serves as an inspiration, model, or guide, isn't that commonly used. But Pence apparently says it a lot, according to this mashup posted on Twitter. Folks, they cited a mashup posted on Twitter. This is journalism today, a mashup posted on Twitter. Oh, but it wasn't Mike Pence. It wasn't Mike Pence. In fact, it was this dork (laughs) who's pushing paper around in Homeland Security. This is this guy. This guy's name is Miles Taylor. Who? Yeah, exactly. Smug. Exactly. Miles Taylor, who, by the way, he's got his resume of political stuff, and he was in the Senate. I've never heard of this guy. I've been around a little while. I've never heard of this guy. No one's heard of Miles Taylor. Like, it sounded like a fake made-up name. It's like (laughs) an alias. Just go by Miles Taylor. No one will recognize you. (laughs) Unbelievable. So, So, old Miles... Senior administration official is how he was identified in the original New York Times op-ed and subsequent relentless coverage oh, yeah. on, on cable. CNN basically had an anonymous role all day, every day for weeks. But here's the thing about the senior administration. I think you can make a strong argument that there's literally nobody at a cabinet agency who would qualify as a senior administration official except for maybe the secretary. But this guy... This, this guy wasn't even the secretary's secretary. Okay. He wasn't even the secretary's secretary. This guy was unbelievable. The, own, the website, when he published this, this is the Department of Homeland Security's own website. If you look in the throwback machine and pull it up, they have about, I don't know, about 10, 10 names listed in the, under the leadership of like a 25,000 person cabinet department. I don't see Miles Taylor on there, Smug. No one's seen Miles Taylor. No one knows Miles Taylor. <laughs> Nobody knows Miles Taylor except for CNN. Yeah. They made him right? a contributor. They made him let's a contributor. Think about, let's, let's think about that for a second. So I've never heard of Miles Taylor. Like literally never, never knew he existed. I, I would imagine there's most people in the administration didn't know that this guy existed either. And somehow he comes out of a, a paper pushing job in the middle of a department and gets a CNN contract, mm. a CNN contract. Are you kidding me? That's like, I mean, any of the minions, any, anybody listening right now is just as qualified as this cat for a CNN. Contract. Just say orange man, bad and CNN will cut you a check. I mean, the world was sitting there expecting that it was Ivanka diming out her dad <laughs> in the New York times. <laughs> And we get Miles Taylor. Miles Taylor. You can, so we gotta we gotta do our 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 minions a favor here because you're not gonna get the full flavor of this dork unless <laughs> we get some audio. Can can we do we have any audio that we can play on this mug? Here, can you can you play that? Okay, here play that clip for us. You know, I you're want not you're not an honest. president, and I certainly don't want to. Uh, I I wear a mask for two things, Anderson. Uh, Halloween's and uh, pandemics, so no. What a douche. (laughs) This guy can't be real, dude. (laughs) Halloween and pandemics. This guy can't be real. So in addition to just sounding like an absolute idiot, he he was asked directly by Anderson Cooper at CNN whether he was anonymous. 
at the time, he says, direct to camera without flinching an eye, without even a muscle moving in his face. He says, no. Yeah. No. Halloween and pandemics. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Like, not only can you get a CNN contract by saying orange man bad. I mean, you can just lie. Lie to them on camera and they'll still cut you a check. You know, kudos to this guy. What a hustle. Just like grifting the libs. I'm actually, that's the good point. I'm actually not even mad at him. I mean, he, he's like, he's got that, the Steve Schmidt thing going where he's like, look, I'm out of options. I'm out of options. You know, because if you look at the history of what was going on between Trump and the Homeland Security when he wrote this, like back in May of 2018, here's a, a Washington Post lead. President Trump began berating Homeland Security Kristen Nielsen in the Oval Office earlier this spring, according to administration officials griping about her performance and blaming her for a surge on illegal border crossings. So this guy knew the writing was on the wall, right? I mean, his, his ticket to ride was Secretary Nielsen, and that was coming to a close, yep. right? So, so he writes this thing and immediately launches himself into the Liberal Hall of Fame. That's the thing. You know, libs love their fan fiction. They're addicted to it, man. They love this fake garbage. It, it, it's incredible, but you know, I still, I still want to know more about how it is that he exited the Department of Homeland Security and ended up on, with a CNN contract without anybody knowing he was anonymous. Because I'm not, like, I can't stress this enough. There are hundreds of thousands of potential staffers around the politics and government. Any one of them would love a CNN contract, right? Yeah. It would be difficult under normal circumstances for Secretary Nielsen to get a cable TV news contract, right? Yeah. I mean, look, Sean Spicer dominated Dancing with the Stars. He didn't get a TV contract. Dominated. This cat, this cat exits a like literally sub-tier level and, and ends up on TV for a living? I mean, Unbelievable. I don't know, man. I think there's more to look at there. Something's up. The guy gets, the guy gets a book deal, contributor gig. Cashes in those checks. Didn't he, he even said he was going to give some of that money to charity. Zero yeah, proof did, of that. Actually, he did. And I, I noticed in an interview he did last night where, you know, Cuomo Fredo was giving him the business about lying to CNN. And, uh, and, and briefly it came up about the proceeds of the book deal. And he, he sort of said, well, I promised that I'd give some of it. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not quoting. But it was, so, it was something like, oh, yeah, no, some of it. <laughs> I'd love to know the answer to that. What, what actually <laughs> found its way to charity. You got a lot of calls just like, all right, well, you lied to us. All right, well, thank you for your, for your contributions. Enjoy your checks. <laughs> right. The um, Lincoln Project is not a charity, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, that's been a bit of a barnstormer. That's, 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 a, that's a good episode we got in the can. That's a Thursday episode, folks. Uh, Josh, what do we have? I think everyone knows what we have coming next week, but what do we have coming next week? I mean, we're going to be so amped. We're going to so Huge. amped. It's the big, massive election extravaganza where we're just, we're, we're going to do a few things, right? We're going to tell you everything you need to know about election election day. We are going to bring some folks in to give you a high level, like very specific understanding of, of what to look for. And, and, you know, we're also going to have to try to motivate you to vote because somewhere along the way, the last six months, every Republican is, uh, determined that the voting on election day is the only option that they've got there. So you're going to have to brave everything you got going. Yeah. Yeah. Throw on, throw on a space suit. If you have to, it doesn't matter if you're in a hot zone, folks, you got to vote. 
You got to get out there. You got to vote. And we're going to get you hyped for it on Tuesday. Like Justin Turner's girlfriend after the World Series. You're just going to have to embrace it. <laughs> Amazing. That's, that's, and that's an episode. That's what I call an episode. Folks, until next time, remember, minions, stay ruthless, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll catch you next time.